It is the wax flows over your body. I hope you realize you look beautiful. And if it acts as a sort of an eternal torture, I think it's worth it still. Preserving you so all the world can see that you are such a vision. Who'd have thought that such a girl could ever act like such a bitch? And it enacts my revenge and got me to where I feel that I might be over you. Preserving you for all to see The beauty that in you resides So long as the wax don't set free The black and muck that lurks inside Can't stop the wax Can't stop the wax from flowing Can't stop the wax Can't stop the wax Hello and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and um, I'm going to try to make this a quick show because um, I still can't find scape, and I'm, uh, I'm kind of upset. Uh... I don't even really want to be doing this, but, uh, you know, these guys bug oh, me. Oh, don't portray it like that. Don't make it sound like we're a bunch of, you know, jerks. I'm, I'm concerned about Scape. You know, I'm, try, I'm trying what to... What else can you do? You know, you've put up flyers. You've asked around the neighborhood. That's all there is to do. You, you're going to, you know, he, either you're going to find him or you're not. Frank. Hey, gee, Frank, now, come on. What? That's the reality of the situation. Yes, but you did, that's not how you be a friend to someone. Come on. You, what you do is you say, Jordan, I'm sure we're going to find him. You know, I, I know it, things look bleak. But, you know, don't give up hope. There still is hope. We're going to find Scapey. You know, not to worry. All right? I, okay, I hope so. I, I mean, I don't know. I hope so. I'm sure we will. I'm really sure. Okay, okay. Um, but, but what I'm trying to say is uh, I want to I wanna get this, um, I want to get the podcast done fast so I can get back to looking. So um, you'll forgive me if I'm not as, uh, as, uh, as, as interested in, in, in going on and on about a bunch of nonsense as I usually am. Well, no, we usually talk about serious things like my life and Rory's life. Yes, 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 yes. And we still can, but you know what I mean, like the, just the nonsense parts of the show. All right, well, are you, you going to introduce us? Or, I mean, I you already just, said your name. Well, I didn't say my name. Well, fine, I will say my name. My name's Frank Allen. I'm sure you all know me. I'm the host of the Frank Allen Investigativa Variety Hour, yeah, uh, as you can see in international uh, cable companies around the world. If you're in the U.S., you probably can't see it. You know, that's how it is. And if you're in other countries, you don't want to see that's it. That's not true. Uh, lots of people love it. Yes, we all know what kind of people love it. All kinds of people love it. And I don't appreciate you implying something otherwise to that. Well, I don't appreciate... Oh, f- fine. My name is Rory Sinjin. Hello, everyone. I'm an extra historian, and I don't appreciate when Frank Allen belittles the things that I do. Well, then you shouldn't do something that is so belittleable. I don't. No. Okay, here's what, here's what you're missing out on. Earlier, before the show started, I told Jordan, you know, I'm so sorry about Scape. I hope that we can find him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the things I'm supposed to say. Thank you, Rory. Thank right, you. right, right. And then I said... If you'd like, I can do an extra historical reading for you on the air, you know, as kind of a way to make you feel better about things. And I told him that that was absolute gibber, and that's not something he should but do. But I didn't see it's up to you. I think it's up to Jordan whether or not we do an extra historical well, reading. Well, I don't think there's any need to talk about that, because look, extra history is nonsense, okay? It is gibberish nonsense. You just make things up. making things up. It is discovering things. How many times do we have to go over this? Jordan, I'm going to give you an extra historical reading now. So, there you are. What? Why? Well, you know, because See, he doesn't even there. want it. He doesn't even want no, it. No, but he will when it's over. Because, you know, as you said, Scapey's missing. So I thought, you know, when it, when people have troubles, they get extra yeah, but readings. This is free. I'm not going to charge you. Okay, because last time... No, I know, but, okay, what I was thinking was, 
I will just give you a free sampling of extra historical reading, and everybody else at home can see what it's oh, like. Oh, there we go. No, no, and that's not the main thing. The main thing is to make Jordan feel better. So, Jordan, um, as you know, your, your cat is missing, possibly kidnapped. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Well, it will please you to know that there is another world, and in that other world, your cat has, in fact, been kidnapped. Your cat has been kidnapped by the evil forces of the Girl Scouts. Yes, the Girl Scouts have got him, and they send their nefarious messages to your home, demanding $4 million for his return. But you don't have $4 million, so all they, they can do is torture him, and one at a time, they cut off bits of his body and send them back, saying, if you don't send us the $4 million, we're going to keep sending you bits of your, your precious cat's body. And they keep sending them back, until eventually, they only have one small piece of him left, and they're like, well, for $4 million, we'll give you the, the final piece of your cat back. And you're like, well, I don't, I still don't have $4 million, because I'm not actually rich, you know, I, I, I don't have this money and they're like all right well in that case we're going to keep the last piece of your cat we're not going to ever give him back you know so you can't even put together a full cat to to bury him so and unfortunately it's it's an important it's it's like the face bit so they put together what they can of the cat but he's missing his face so you can't have an open casket service you have to have a closed casket service and um you know because he died at some point i don't know at what point they switched from sending back pieces and saying he's still alive but you know he won't be for long to going okay he's dead but we still have bits you know but they don't they keep the last piece you have to have a closed casket service because you can't have the open casket because his face is missing they still have his face but he gets buried and then he never appears on the podcast again because he's dead you know as as anyone who's dead would not appear on the podcast again in general and everyone is crying you know all the, the listeners at home are like oh you know, we're so sad we miss KP so much. So this other one person missed a few episodes of the podcast where he dies and all that, and they just come back and they they notice that he's missing and they go, "Hey, what happened to KP? You know, can you have KP on again and have him sing a song?" And you get the letter and you read it out loud on the podcast and you're weeping and you're like, "Escapee's dead. I didn't, uh, I didn't want to talk about it ever again. But is dead and I've never talked to him again and I love him so much and I miss him." And the person feels so guilty that they, you know, shoot themselves in the face. They don't commit suicide. They just shoot themselves in the face. It blows off their entire a jaw. They can never talk again, and they're you know hideous, and ugly, and they can't get married or have children because everyone judges them harshly. Meanwhile, you know, Boo Bell is here, and she's she's very sad that she doesn't have a brother anymore, and your wife is sad that Scape is dead, and you're sad that Scape's dead, and everyone's sad that Scape's dead, and basically, generally speaking, it's a very sad time for everyone. Um, so my point being, you should be thankful uh, that this is not that world. That is a world where you know. All those terrible things happen. In this world, Scape is still missing, but he wasn't probably gotten by the Ghost Scouts, as far as we're aware, and then definitely haven't sent ransom notices and not sending bits of him back. So, in this world, there's still hope. In that world, no hope. He, You know, he's dead in that world. But in this world, lots of hope. There's a very good chance that he is not kidnapped by the Ghost Scouts and that they're not going to send back his bits. So, that is some good news, I think. Are you kidding me, Rory? No, no. I mean, I, that is that is definitely. I mean, that's. I know that's a really horrible world, but it is. A, it is a different world, you know, and it is possible. I, I can't believe you'd you'd say that to me. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna. They're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill his game. No, 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 no. That's another. Like I said, that's another world. That's another world. In this world, like we said, we have no reason to believe that the Girl Scouts are behind the kidnapping. Except that they've been threatening the podcast on a regular basis. No, 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 no. No, but that, yes, but okay, but again, if they had kidnapped them, they would be sending them out saying, send us the $4 million. Yeah. No, because that was the British um, hooligans of some sort that were asking for $4 million, not the Girl Scouts. Right, you know, that's true. That's true. Um, well, no, but even, even, even so, Jordan, Jordan, uh, Jordan, Jordan, actually, no, Jordan, there's one thing, there's one thing. What? What? It, it, what it is is that Scapey 
is all right. <laughs> there is a, there is a world where escape is totally fine, and he just uh, he was on vacation with Doctor Sasquatch. You think? <laughs> you, you think that's possible? Yes, of course that's possible. That's absolutely possible. Doctor Sasquatch is a friend of his, and he has a summer home in yeah. um, you know Portland, I think. But it's not it's not summer. So no, that's true. Okay, yes, that's true. He has a summer home in Portland, and it's not summer, but the summer home in Portland is still nice all times of year because it's a pretty part okay. of the town. It's you know, it's a pretty right. you know, the Pacific okay. Northwest. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place to visit, and you know, you can go there and get lots of good fresh seafood, and that's probably why he's there for seafood. Yeah, yeah, that's that, no, that's that's a that's a strong that's a strong possibility. Absolutely true. Yes, no, it's definitely. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart that that's definitely something that could be the truth. Right, right, with no evidence. No, no evidence, but we have we have faith in things. Yeah, you're going to talk to Jordan about faith that faith is going to reassure him. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't have, I don't, I mean, I don't have faith that he's that he's with Sasquatch. That's ridiculous. No, right, okay, sure, but my point is that he could be with Sasquatch. Whether you have faith in it or not, you have to be a skeptic. You can't be certain that he's with the Girl Scouts. You have to be a skeptic and be willing to acknowledge the possibility that he's with Sasquatch. No, that's true. That's. True, that's how skepticism works. Right, right. So, you know, don't worry. Okay. So, uh, Jordan, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about for today? Okay. Uh, I, well, okay. I, I mean, I, I listened to the end of last week's podcast. So, um, first of all, Rory, uh, I do want to say, why did you delete one of my emails? That was really obnoxious of well, you. Because we already have the Junty Lovebugger grant. So, I know, look, I know that we have that grant, and I. As much as it kills me to say this, I am not going to stab you in the back and take away your grant. But it's nice of you to give me the opportunity to stab you in the back to show that you trust me. Well, Jordan, I mean, that's, I don't think that that's sensible. It is. It's called trust. It's friendship and trust is what it is. Well, well, fine. Well, tell you what. Next time you have a knife, I'll turn my back on you and you can have the opportunity to stab me and I trust that you yeah, will. Well, no, of course, I'm not going to actually literally stab you in the back and you can sure be confident of that. But... There's nothing to make you think that I would, whereas you're, I know you're worried that I'm going to take away the grant so I can get this much better grant, which is much better for me and for the podcast as a whole, and will do better for us all in the long run. All of that is supposed, supposedly supposed. Well, I mean, again, it would, it would be better for the, the whole podcast as a whole, which would therefore be better for all of us. No, because you'd have to take out all the extra history, which is I am part of the extra history. Extra history is something I do. Right, 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 right. And look, I, like I said, I'm not going to backstab you, but I'm just saying... I, you deleted my email. That was really disrespectful. Yeah, I told you, Rory. Oh, and this fr Frank, the other thing that from the end of last week's podcast that I was wondering about was uh, with this paternity suit. What's going on with that? Well, nothing is going on with that. Their lawyers haven't contacted me. I, you know, I've got my lawyer on hold. Not, I mean, not literally. He's not on the line. Well, good. That would be really expensive. Yeah, I know. But no, I'm saying I, he's he's he knows about it and he's ready for it. But I'm waiting for them to get in touch with me. I can't wait because, like I said, I'm looking forward to you know giving them my DNA because I am so not that kid's father that it you know hurts me how much I'm not his father. What? When you? Why would I, it? But it doesn't real. I'm just. I, I'm so pa painfully obviously not his father. Painfully like what is he? Is the kid black or something? And you're and and like has a white mother? No, no, nothing like that. I'm just saying. It's it's clear to me that that's not my kid because I never had sex with the mother or Jordan's mother, right? Yes, or Jordan's mother. And let's just let's just stop it there. The point is, I'm not this kid's father. I'm not going to have to pay him money because when we take the test, I'm going to be proven to be not his father. So there we are. Okay. Um, was there anything else? I can't remember if there was anything else from last week. But let's just get to the shows because again, like there's there's a lot of um searching to be done for Scapy. So. 
I'm going to, I'm just going to say, let's get to the shows. We have two shows, same shows we've been running for the last few episodes. Um, another episode of Slam Jackson, another episode of Chop Henderson, and um, Rory's got more celebrity where they now in history in the middle, right? Yes, absolutely correct, correct. And this time it's someone who's famous in many, many ways. So I'm, I'm sure everyone will be very satisfied with my choice of who I got to do this. Okay, um, yes, let's get right to it. Here's, uh, here's Slam Jackson to kick it off. Slam Jackson. Adventurous! By Pete Bowers and Charles Berman. Season 2, Episode 9, The Cobbling Conundrum. Our story opens, ladies and gentlemen, with that superlative sniffer of the sinister, private investigator, and famed adventurist, Slam Jackson. Sniffer? About to triumph gloriously over yet another seemingly insurmountable obstacle, using only his native wit and keen intellect for guidance. Yes, trepidatious listeners, glowing with manly charisma and impeccable clothes sense, as the rest of Slam Jackson may be, his glorious detective-like feet are disgracefully shod in a horror show of rubber and leather. Come on, they're not that bad. They are revolting! Do you really think anyone cares what I've my seen shoes prettier are? things on Upton Chuck's floor, and they smell terrible! Okay, well, hey, no they don't. I've only had them like three months. Then you have a problem, my friend, and they do smell, especially when you get up really close okay, to- Okay, I'm ending this story. Let's go in. Opening the door to the local location of We Got Shoes that his savvy sense of consumerism has led him to favor with the flourish of a master doorknob twister, our pulchritudinous P.I. enters the premises and surveys the scene with a steady sense of determination, boldly declaring his intentions. Um, I'd like to buy some new shoes, please. Oh, is that why you came into the shoe store? I would have been wondering all night long. Ah, yes, it is. Can you help me? No, I I just like to act like I work at a shoe store. Would you like to buy some vegetables? No, I want shoes. Sell me some. Well, you don't have to get all prissy about it. I didn't come in and interrupt your lunch. Oh, I'm sorry, is it your lunchtime? Why, no. Of course not. What would make you think it's lunchtime? This large sandwich? This steaming bowl of soup? Or perhaps the napkin tucked into my shirt? Or maybe when I mentioned lunch? Would you like me to come back in like half an hour? Well, have I given you the impression that I want you in here? Wow! You're an asshole! And would the other gentleman like some shoes too? No! I'll wear his old ones when he's through with them! I thought you said... You know what? I don't care. I'm not even surprised. Listen, can we just get on with this? The sooner you sell me some shoes, the quicker you can get back to your lunch. Oh, is that how time works? Why, if you were born in Einstein's time, nobody would have noticed. Okay, let's try this. Do you have any brown loafers? Why, no. Why would you go to a shoe store for that? Maybe you should try the bakery. Okay, 
Bye. Gee, can't you take a joke? Here, try these right this way. And with the uncomfortable steps of a man in shoes he should no longer be wearing, Slam Jackson follows the obnoxious clerk down the aisle to sit at a bench. Now, this would be a lovely pair if there weren't an even more obnoxious man standing right in front of it. Sorry. These are size 9. Oh, how wonderful for you. You can see. I can see they're not size 12. I wear a 12. They stretch here. Uh, yeah! Just uh, try a little harder. Squeeze your heel in. Right there. Oh, come on. Push, push. I'll just step on it for you. But suddenly, as Slam Jackson struggles mightily with his arch nemesis, the Soul Crusher. Who's that? That's you. I like it. Yeah! A pert 30-something go reporter enters the store, notebook perched in hand, ready to buy some shoes. Um, actually, no. I saw you through the window and heard you through the closed door. That voice, I would know it anywhere. That voice means Slam Jackson is nearby, and there he is. You're Slam Jackson. No, I'm not. You're not a very good reporter, are you? I'm Slam. Can I help you with something? My name is Annie Italic, girl reporter. I write for the Thorpsburg Ledger Star Bulletin Journal. Annie Italic? Annie Italic, you write the small events column. Yes. I love that column. Why, thank you. I run out of toilet paper about once a week. Wow, you're an asshole. I know, right? I like this girl. You do? Great. I was hoping to get an interview. See, I'm working on a story about... Uh, Listen, this is my day off. I'm trying to buy shoes. Why don't you call my office and make an appointment? Here's my business card. Well, thank you. I'll definitely be done. Oh, crap. I gotta go. Thanks, Mr. Jackson. Sure. And you. Do you have any size 12 shoes? For you, no. None? What kind of a shoe store is this? Don't look at me. Somebody came in and bought them all. All the size 12 shoes. What did he say his name was? His name? Oh, let me see. I'll just look through my complete ledger of everybody who's ever bought shoes, ever. Let's see. Adam, that was sandals. I don't care. I'm getting out of here. Come back soon. And with the silence of a man who doesn't deem that worthy of a response... The still horribly shod detective exits the store. Silence? You're familiar with it? Okay, stop sulking. Probably to look for another shoe store. Jeez, what was with that guy? What was with that guy? Who bought all those shoes? What are the poor people thinking who see Slam Jackson's feet? Do they even make size 12 shoes? What? Of course they do. Make sure you have something to bite on and a blanket for the shock-inducing next episode of Slam Jackson! Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Coonrad, the soul crusher was Charles Berman, and Annie Italic was Angela Schwartz. 
Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On December 5th, 1933, the 21st Amendment of the U.S. Constitution is ratified, repealing the 18th Amendment and bringing an end to the era of national prohibition of alcohol in America. Woo! This is a win for us, man! Good thing we pick it in! Now we can have some beer again! Sweet! So glad we're socially involved. Thought it was kind of dumb when you suggested it first, but now I'm drinking these brewskis on the White House lawn. FDR, you rule! You rule! It's true, I do rule, drunken man. Have a beer! Chug it! Chug it! Chug it! Don't mind if I do. Take it off, Eleanor! (laughs) Yeah! Those are some presidential tatas. Yes, the repeal of prohibition was a victory for both social drinkers and the socially active all around the world. Remember, only you can change bad laws by being socially active. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But you know, that's not everything. So, you know, there's, there's, there's more. My name is James Stewart, and this is Celebrity, where I'm in history, and you know, I'm Cass and Wax. So, what you probably didn't realize about this whole being socially active and the prohibition and all that is that it was actually socially active people that made it possible to make the prohibition in the first place, for peace's sake. They, they were all like this, where people shouldn't be drinking, you know. They go to the government and make them say that they would get us a lot of drinking. You know, that's, how, that's how it went in the whole dashed place. Then other people were like, well, we're going to be socially active because we want to be able to drink. So, you know, the people who want to drink while socially active and the people who don't want to drink are socially active. So somehow the socially active ones won that what is I'm saying about is drinking. But both of them are socially active, so I don't see how you could say that it means that you should be socially active. But I, I will tell you, I know that it's good to be socially active in your politics because, you know, politically active, I should say. Well, socially, you know, because it's part of your society. Be part of your society and be social. Because I know that I should be because I'm the king. I was King James II of England. I still am in many ways King James II of England. And then my name is James Stewart, so later I went and I started in a bunch of movies in Hollywood, and that's how you know that I'm good at what I do. But the fact is, the whole dashed thing is only because I was socially active. You see, my brother was the king, and then he died, and he didn't have any children, so then I was the king. So that was the way that I was active in my society. I served it by being the king. I was the King James. King James the second, not the first one, the second one, of England. And of Scotland, I was the seventh one. There was a lot more Jameses in Scotland. Did you know that? It's true. Make sure that you're socially active, you might even be able to become the king, for pity's sake. What's the worst that could happen? You're socially active and you're not the king. That's already happening, so you know, if you might be able to become the king, it gives you a little bit of a better chance, don't you think? Anyway, this is James Stewart, and this is Celebrity Weather Than Ever History. I'm Kirsten Wax. Shop Henderson! Adventurator! Episode 4, The Incredible Drinking Man, by Pete Bowers and Charles Berman. A world-renowned writer, he is the author of four novels, five novellas, and six doodles. Polo wearer as well as polo player, he has wealth that would glaze over the eyes of avarice, and avarice that would glaze over the eyes of Scrooge. Winner of both the Iron Chef and the Tin Line Cook, Chop Henderson is here, so you should be glad you're not. His neck straining with manly exertion, and his legs wobbling with manly unsteadiness, Chop exits the local strip mall's We Got Shoes outlet, 
with a heavy crate of shoes. Success, Margaret! I have bought every remaining pair of size 12 shoes! Quite, sir. I will not be quite! Now to dispose of them and no one better than... Margaret, take care of these, would you? I wear 11s, sir. I mean, would you be good enough to throw these in the boot of the car? <laughs> of course, sir. <clears throat> Chop, I know I know better than to ask you questions. Embarrassed by your ignorance, anti-telegirl reporter? Fear not. My condescension, too, is a blessing. Yeah, right. Okay, I figure even you might know this question is coming, but why did you just buy out all of the size 12 shoes? An astute observation for a woman, anti-telegirl reporter. It is now time for you to bask in the brilliance that is the mind of Chop Anderson. Please try to contain your feminine predilection for swooning. You notice the shoes, but did you perhaps notice the vampire hunter whom I ruthlessly killed in front of Slam Jackson's door the other day? Now that you mention it, it sort of stands out. As the most heroic deeds do. Now, vampires, as I'm sure you're aware, suck blood. A substance which, as a result, was expelled from the many shredded bullet wounds I gallantly inflicted upon him with my blunderbuss. Oh, is that why? Yes. I never would have figured. Well, that is why you are female rather than a scientist. And the Italian reporter, now blood, as is commonly known, makes a mess. And where is Slam Jackson more likely to stump than right outside his door? I don't know, sir. Nowhere! Which will mean his shoes will get extremely messy, leading him inexorably here to the shoe store to buy new shoes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Why couldn't he just clean his shoes? Always thinking of cleaning, Ernie, I tell a girl reporter. That is no concern of mine. We have followed Slam Jackson to the store so that we can make him pay. <laughs> For shoes? Like you just did? Probably thousands of dollars? No! I just bought all the shoes in his size and... All right, let me just start from the beginning. Success! Bogworth, I am... Stop! As unlikely as it might seem, let's just pretend that I understand. How do you know Slam Jackson is actually going to go in there? About to triumph gloriously over okay. yet another seemingly fair point. Now I'm following them for an interview. Well, wait! Let me explain the rest of my foolproof plan. I don't need proof you're a fool. Always misunderstanding me, Annie Taylor, girl reporter. It is so endearing the way you naively flirt with me. You'll have to point out when that happens. Now, as you may have noticed from the hardware store earlier, I have some rope which is fortuitously covered in blood. Axe murderer blood. Great job. So you can get all your new shoes messy. Exactly. I mean, no, 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 no. Um, how charming of your simple but ineffective plans. Sometimes it seems like you're purposely misunderstanding me. Are you purposely misunderstanding me? No, Chop. I'm not that smart. Just as I thought. And now, anti-italical reporter, the moment you have waited for, when you can play your part in my master plan. Yeah, by going and getting my interview. See ya. Ah, playing hard to get, I see. Yes, impossible to get. Bye. Well, Bodworth, and then there were two. Accurate, sir. All right, Bodworth, time to commence with part two of my brilliant plan. Your plan, sir? 
Yes, you use rope to get Slam Jackson? Illuminating, sir. Naturally. And how are you with Nats Bogworth? Not good, sir. Excellent, Girl Scout. Come do your civic duty to the indispensable defender of our fair city and help me with my plan. Civic duty? Who are you? Why, Chop Henderson, Adventurator! Um, that sounds like Slam. Someone great? I know. I know so very well. Now, Girl Scout, we make this rope lead from the shoe store. Our prey is a detective, so he will naturally follow a trail of rope. Naturally, sir. Then, we trap him! Girl Scout, build a trap! Something dangerous! Roll a noose on it! Okay. Several trap building moments later, a trap has been built. At its inauspicious clutches gazes admiringly, Chop Henderson. By his side stands disinterestedly, Bogworth. And by his side stands obliviously, Sally, who declares... All done. Excellent, Girl Scout. As a reward, something pink. I don't really know what this is. Pepto-Bismol, sir. Isn't it pretty? Uh, I guess. Now the trap. Now our prey will step right here and uh, demonstrate, Girl Scout. I know how it works. I just built it. Just uh, here, right here. <laughs> Aha! The trap works! Thank you, Girl Scout! She's dead, Master. Ah, well observed, Bogworth. Hmm. Um. Oh, um. Well, the trap definitely did work. Now we should get rid of her before she makes a mess of my shoes. All of them. Yes, sir. Trash can, sir. Good! Now you, Bogworth, are not a woman. You're right, sir. Did you just throw away a dead Girl Scout? Because that's what it looked like. No! Actually, sir... No! Okay. Well, I hope you're ready to do whatever you're going to do, because Slam Jackson's about done in there. Clerk's an asshole. Excellent! Everyone, to your positions! And so we leave Chop Henderson hiding in what he would like to think is a stealthy manner in a back alley. Beside him, an italic girl reporter staring longingly at her watch. Over in the parking lot, Chop's faithful man Friday Bogworth trying valiantly to fit all those shoes in the car. And a few yards away from them all is me, Ralph, just standing here because there's a dead Girl Scout in my hiding place and I don't really move that quickly anymore. Will Slam Jackson fall into their trap? Will he have new shoes when he does? Will anybody miss the Girl Scout? 
Tune in again next week as Chop Henderson Adventurator returns to Revenginate on Slam Jackson. In that episode of Chop Henderson Adventurator, Ralph was Charles Berman, Chop Henderson was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Quimby, Annie Italic was Angela Schwartz, and Sally Adams was Cheryl Casey. Okay, uh, okay, to correct me if I'm wrong, guys, did you hear just what I just heard just now? Yeah, if you mean that Rory ripped off one of my contacts from the show, getting King James II on the show. No, I'm not talking. No, that was Rory. Well done. James Stewart. Yes, he's an actor. Uh, Here's the thing. James Stewart, the King of England, and James Stewart, the actor, are different people. So I don't, I mean, Frank fell for this once before, and now you're falling for it again. But that's not where I'm going with this. I don't think anybody's falling for anything. That's just a guy. Guys, that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about in that episode of Chop Henderson. You're talking about the fact that the narrator is the same one from Like Mother and Like Daughter. Yes, that is correct, Rory, but that's not, doesn't matter. But what matters is Sally Adams. Yes. The Girl Scout. Right, right. Okay, guys, Sa- do you, I, you're not go- going with me on this. Sally Adams, the Girl Scout, has been missing. We've been getting emails from her father, Rochester Adams, because he, she's been missing for all this time. Oh, yeah. That's a, was that the same girl? Yeah, well, her name was Sally Adams, and she was a Girl Scout, so I'm going to guess so. And she's dead. Oh. Oh, wow. That's serious. Yeah, that's serious. Rochester, if you're still listening to this, I, I, I mean, I'm so sorry you had to hear that. But yeah, Chop uh, uh, Henderson killed your daughter, dude. Chop Henderson murdered her. And a bunch of other people just kind of stood around while he did it. Like, I mean, Ralph, as much as I hate to say this because he did some great narration for me, he just kind of stood there. And Bogworth, this, this, this manservant, he just stood there. And Anna Italic found out about it and she seemed to do nothing. Well, I wouldn't say she did nothing. She just, she, she didn't, I don't see her. I didn't know what she could have done. She, she, she didn't report him as far as I'm aware. She didn't tell him that she, he shouldn't have done it. I mean, I don't, all these people just kind of are, are accessories after the fact slash before the fact. Kind of. I mean, I guess he didn't say he was going to... Look, the point is... Rochester, are you... Did I get an email from Rochester this time? I mean, what... Let me look. Okay, where's the emails? Okay, uh... Here's my email. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, Dear Jordan, I am determined that someone who asks me to stop communicating with them as often as you do can only want me to stop communicating with them. Fine. This is my last message to you. I can tell you don't really care about my missing daughter. Someday I'll find her, though. I know I will, but I guess it will be without your help. I'm pleading with you one last time, though. If you know anything about Sally's whereabouts, tell me now. If it turns out that you or anybody you know had any information about how to find my daughter and did not disclose it, I will never forgive you. In fact, I will consider you the scum of the earth and make you feel really guilty. Rochester Adams, P.S. I intend to help you with your missing cat just as much as you helped me with my missing daughter. Okay. Wow. That was a cold thing to say. I guess I earned that. Okay. Rochester, If I hope you're still listening. Because we did. We we know where your daughter is, and I'm so sorry that you had to hear about it this way, but she is dead. She has been killed. Guys, how did it even... Po- she... She's a Girl Scout. She shouldn't be able to be killed so easily. Well, Jordan, she built the trap. You know, so it was a trap made with Girl Scout technology. The only thing that can really take out a Girl Scout is a Girl Scout technology. Well, I... Okay, I guess that makes sense. But anyway, look, I'm so sorry, Mr. Adams. I'm so sorry. I hope you're... Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of hope you're not listening to this because I, I, I don't want you to have heard your own daughter's death. But I hope you're listening so that you can get some closure. It does seem that your daughter, um, unfortunately, is dead and that um, some people knew about it. I mean, Ralph knew about it and Chop knew about it and Annie Italic knew about it and... 
gosh, I don't know. I, I, I guess to some extent, my Binghamton friends of Charles Berman and Dan Schwartz and, and, and Pete Bowers, all of them must have known about it too. Uh, that really pains me to say it though. I don't want to, I don't want to rat them out like this, but I guess they knew, I guess they knew this whole time that she's, she's dead. I don't know when she died. Um, but I know that if you find out when that was recorded, then you'll know when she died. And I, I'm so sorry. I, and I, I'm so sorry for all the things I said about, I didn't care about your daughter. Um, obviously I do care that she's died and, um, I hope that, I hope that Scape is not dead. I as well. No, Jordan, no, 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 no. Scape is not dead. Scape is not dead. <laughs> I I hope you're right, Rory. I, I know I'm right. I know I'm I really I feel it. I feel it's true. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Mr. Adams, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh god. Okay. Um what else do we have? Uh let's see. Um Oh, we got an audio letter. We got an audio letter. Let's listen to that. Hey, Jordan, this is um Cheryl? Uh, I haven't been really listening to the podcast lately, but I just sort of popped in, and apparently I'm kidnapped and doinking Charles Berman. Um, I don't have any clue how this happened or how you guys came to this conclusion, but um, really, I was researching a new web series that I'm working on, a new podcast series, um, called Jimmy in the Future. And because it's a historical series, what I did was I hopped a plane to England and Thomas Alva Edison was kind enough to let me time travel with him. It's absolutely true, Jordan. I, Thomas Alva Edison, inventor, wizard, time traveler, honorary Green Lantern, pop icon, expectant father, and now Denmark's second living saint, was kind enough to take Cheryl back in time. We had great adventures, which I'll tell you about never. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sorry that I was missing for a few months. I didn't realize that it was going to take this long. I figured with time travel, I would just sort of, like, appear yesterday or something, but sorry. Ha! <laughs> ah! Oh, Cheryl, this sort of thing is a common misconception among people who are not Thomas Alva Edison. I'm sure Jordan will forgive you, magnanimous as he is. Also, Rory, call your mother and get a real job. Okay, so now we're going to go play with some Huns. Uh, whoa, okay, um, Cheryl, hi. I'm so glad you're not kidnapped. Uh, as we kind of figured out last week when, when, when Rory had you on his... Special, and you and you were not kidnapped. Yeah, sorry about my confusion on that. Yeah, it would have been nice for you to t tell me my friend wasn't kidnapped. Um, just my cat was kidnapped. No, 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 Jordan, just press on, just press on. Right. Um, Cheryl, uh, so you're not having sex with Charles Berman, but you were in England, so that's, that part of it was true. I wonder why that's really random, that you really were in England, you just weren't kidnapped in England. So weird. Uh, did she use the uh, the code word? What? You gave her a code word. You said if, if it was really her, she should say rutabaga. Oh, oh, that's true. I, I did. But although she said she right in it, she wasn't listening to the podcast. So if she hadn't been listening to the podcast, she wouldn't know the code word was rutabaga. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, ooh, well, Cheryl, if that is you, write back to us and say rutabaga. Wait, but no, guys, that must have been Cheryl because Thomas Alva Edison is not going to get sucked in by a fake Cheryl. That's true. He usually is pretty aware. For example, he's aware that your job is bull. Frank, that's not true. Well, he did say get a real job. Well, yeah, well, okay, yes. <laughs> that's just a little personal joke that we have going, you know, with a, with a, a, a father figure and a son. It doesn't sound like a joke. It is. It's a joke. That's why it's a private joke. It's a personal joke that only the two of us are in on. Well, okay. Uh, so explain it to us. Well, the, you know, it's like a, it's, the joke is, you know, 
oh, jokingly, he doesn't approve of what I do for a living, and he doesn't think it's real. That, again, that's not a joke. I've talked with him. He doesn't. Uh, well, I don't... I didn't, that's not the way I see it. So, uh, look, ha-ha, thank you very much. I'll call my mother, Thomas. I'll call her... I mean, of, I mean, of course I'll call her. I'll call her when I get back to the airport, you know, when I, when I fly home, because I need her to pick me up, or at least send a driver around to pick me up or something like that, you know. So, um, of course I'll call her, you know. So... Uh, thank you. Right, but at, at, any, at any rate, thank you for shooting in a, a, a note there, Cheryl. Um, it's good to hear from you. So wait, is, is Charles alive? Has he been kidnapped? Is he in the hospital? Like, what's going? I'm I'm real confused. I'll be honest with you. So Cheryl's not sleeping with Charles, and Cheryl has not been kidnapped. But Charles, did Charles fall down the stairs? Cheryl, are you still with Spoon then? Is that and and is is Spoon still laughing about Charles being like in the hospital and maimed, or was Charles really kidnapped? And what were those two voices that sounded like your voice and 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 Charles's voice that were saying that you and him were having sex? So I don't understand where I'm really confused. If somebody can help me solve this stuff. Please, please write into us at castandwax at gmail.com. I, I really don't know. I don't understand this situation. I really don't get well, it. Well, that's because you're not an investigative reporter. Maybe if you had an investigative reporter Frank, friend. Frank, you're not a real investigative reporter. I have an investigative variety hour. Yeah, in other countries where they are much more, you know, willing to give out the investigative title. Oh, come now that's not true. In America, you have to earn it. No, come on, Jordan. Well, that's the way I see it. Whatever. Anyway, um, okay, uh... Let's see, we have one more letter. Rory, can you read this one for us, please? Yes, of course. Uh, dear Frank Allen, okay, well, it's another one with all the misspellings. Um, dear Frank Allen, you sure showed Jordan what's what. I'm so happy you make your variety show simple enough for people like me to understand. My brother Neil, he doesn't have to be in a home like me, I guess, because he is not exceptional like you and me are. <laughs> like... Like you are, Frank. Well, just read the letter, please. I think he likes your show because he says your slogan should be you don't have to be exceptional to watch Frank Allen's Investigativa variety show, but it helps. That sounds like a good slogan, I think, but we don't need money, so if you want to use it, just go ahead. But Neil says your show isn't going to be the most popular show for much longer. He says there is a show called watch that's suddenly super popular since someone anonymously sent them a whole bunch of videos of cat holes. Now it is the most popular show after your show, and it is getting more popular. But don't you worry, because us exceptional people still like you best. Special people like you and me got to stick together. Love, Davy. P.S. I like hugs. Oh, great. Just, you know, that's ridiculous. R relax, Frank. He's just making a joke. What? No, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about what Neil says. Let, let me respond to this. Fred, Davey, thank you for writing in. I love you. Uh, I'm glad you love my show. I'm glad your friends love my show. Neil, I hope that you legitimately like my show and are not actually just making fun. Because the fact is, I am exceptional, not in the way you're implying it, but as in that I am an exceptional investigativa variety hourer. And is that proving that you're not the way he says you are? No, look. Th no, look. That is fine. The point is... Thank you for that. The thing I'm upset about is not them writing in to, to beat me as a fan. I, I, I like that. I'm upset that someone else got in touch with Pornco's asshole watch and is sending in these cat videos because Jordan wouldn't let me use Scape. What? No, of, co of course I'm not going to let you use Scape. I told you I'm not going to let you make my cat into a porn star. Yeah, well, now, now not only has he been screwed, I've been screwed too. So who's the porn star now? What? No, no, that's not how it works. Look, somebody else is sending in the cat videos. That's fine. If they're into cat videos. No, that's not fine. Let me, let me see your computer. Give me, give me fine. that. Fine. What? Fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out who is behind this.
Okay, here we go. Uh, this is uh, this is the Pornco site. I'll click on the Apple Watch segment. And um, yeah, look at this video, cat video. New cat video today. Play. Let me go, let me go, let what? me go. No, oh my God. That's scapey. You're right. Thank you. Right See, oh. Pop right up. Oh, you, you see that? You see that? That could have been us making that money. Frank, somebody kidnapped Scapey and is sending the video. This is your fault. What? No, it's not my fault. Yes, it is. You, you went on that show and you showed it and then he gets kidnapped by the people who want to make, oh, Scapey. This is your fault, Frank. Look, it's not my, look, it's, if anybody, if anything, it's your fault because you, you know, I'm not the one who put your address up on, on Facebook. Oh, sure. Blame the victim. No, you put your, your real address up on Facebook. People could just stalk you and come and kill you or apparently kidnap your cat. Well, I didn't know that there was going to be a reason until you made him a sex object. Okay, uh, guys, uh, like podcast is over. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. We have to go to the police right now. Um, castandwax at gmail.com if you have any information on where, to, where I can find my cat. I, I'm really upset about this. Um, uh, anything else? Well, I mean, you should probably play a song at the end. Yeah, right? whatever. There's going to be a song. Okay, uh, I got to go. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, be seeing you.
No.